okay, right, we're gonna have to s stop it right there. You might be wondering, hmm, this is a bit unprecedented, this is a bit weird, this is awkward. Uh, yes it is, because, let's give a bit of context. Me and Tegan, right, we, we met up, well we didn't meet up, um, but we got together on Saturday and we recorded what we thought was one of our most iconic episodes. Honestly, right, it was laughs galore. It was great. Although me saying this isn't going to help, it's like taking a kid into a sweet shop and saying, look at this, this was great. And then taking them back out again and then, you know, never speaking of it. Because what's happened is, hmm, for the first time in a long time, Tegan accidentally spoke through her laptop microphone and not the microphone that she uses for podcast recording, which means that entire session that we did on Saturday is now, it, it's got, it pretty much, it sounds like this. And at the moment, it's, what is it? It's nearly seven o'clock on a Sunday. Uh, this episode is supposed to be released in a few hours time. I think I'd say, yep, yeah, a few hours time. Granted, right, I started editing this episode later than I usually do. So if I decided to do it at a normal time, then maybe I would have been able to salvage it or maybe we, we would have been able to record another episode. But fortunately, this is what you did with it. <laughs> this is it. So this is probably going to be the shortest episode that we probably ever released because this is going to be a rush one. Um, I am going to try to salvage some of the in what world section, that, but the only difference is that Tegan's not going to be saying anything as a response to it because her audio isn't isn't great. But yeah, oh, you know, the more that I think back on the episode that we recorded, the more devastated that I am because we did talk about a lot of iconic stuff and we, we mentioned as well that uh, we're going to a festival in summer and... Tegan was mentioning that a dream that she had about like creating chaos and some of the things that could happen whilst we're there and it was it was a great conversation and <laughs> I definitely mentioned some of my fears that I have going to a festival for the first time because my issue is well it was going to be the hygiene and also uh, the toilet situation on the podcast episode we managed to clear up the hygiene part of it because we we're like you know we'll just take like you know dry shampoo and there's this thing apparently that you put in your hair and you just dry it off with a towel and you should be fine you should be fresh deodorant things like that so hygiene side i guess that's okay but then the o the other side which i'm not really looking forward to that much is the toilet situation Obviously, there's going to be portaloos. Now, I'm not a fan of portaloos, right? Each time I see portaloo in public, I always say to myself, there is absolutely no way you're going to catch me dead in there. Maybe. I don't know. But that's the situation. And <laughs> we don't know. Tegan mentioned that she was going to get a shiwi. <laughs> and I said, you are not going to bring a shiwi anywhere near my car. Otherwise, that is it. We are done. But yeah, so we're going to a festival for the first Well, I'm going to a festival for the first time. The more that I think about it, I'm like... Ooh, it was a bit bold of me to agree to go because, again, it's not my type of situation. It's not my environment. But I guess the music's going to be nice. It's going to be chill there. It's not going to be like a rave festival, which I hear can get quite chaotic. But it's going to be uh, an indie festival, I think it is. So, you know, the music's tamer. I say that. Apparently, Megan the Stallion is supposed to be one of the people singing at this festival. So, I guess not indie. I don't know. Is Megan the Stallion indie? I, my opinion, no. 
Although Tegan did say that she is going to uh, drag my ass to the Megan Thee Stallion stand, even though uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan. But yeah, oh my word, usually I'd have like a list of, you know, topics to speak about. You don't see it, but I do have a list next to me just in case we ever need to move on to a different conversation or move on to a different topic. Like the list is there for me to be like, oh, by the way, this happened. But because obviously I thought we did a successful recording session on Saturday, I've no longer got, got the list. So I am struggling to uh, to remember what's happened this week and what's gone on and what we should speak about. A bit. Oh, here's something that I want to speak to you about. And obviously, Tegan being a Twilight fan-ish, she obviously disagreed with me slightly on the whole situation. But, right, I have not watched uh, a full movie of Twilight. In fact, the longest I've watched a Twilight thing or movie is for probably the last 10 minutes of the last one where they had that massive fight. But then it turned out to be a dream. So, well, not a dream, a vision, which was, you know, kind of bad because it's like, oh, look at this amazing, the only great thing that happened to Twilight and it never happened. It's like, oh, it picks up at the end and then that's it. It's cut off. But yeah, so I've not watched Twilight. I'm going to put my hands up on that. However, I have watched this guy who does pitch meetings on Screen Man. I don't know if you've heard about him. I think his name's Ryan or something. But for loads and loads of movies, he does something called a pitch meeting where he fakes a pitch meeting. And by doing so, he's able to pretty much point out all the flaws within a certain film. He does it in a very clever way. So I ended up watching all the pitch meetings for Twilight. And after hearing the pitch meeting, I was very, very disturbed. Now, obviously, the whole point of the pitch meeting is to point out the massive flaws within the film. And I've watched pitch meetings for Star Wars and Marvel and I've gone, you know what, he's got a point and yeah, I laugh about it. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. That's great. Twilight though, first time I probably walked away from the episode thinking, yeah, I think I'm going to have to cleanse my ears, my eyes and pretty much everything in between because the, what on earth was that? One thing that I do want to mention is I, I, I did have an issue with the fact that there was a massive age gap between Edward and Bella, if I remember the names correctly. However, you know, yeah, he's, he's a vampire. I guess he can get away with it. That's fine. Okay, that's something that I did have an issue with, but now I, I don't because he's a vampire. He's been around for ages. Although, it, does that justify things? Because then technically he's like a thousand-year-old man creeping on this high school girl. I don't know. But anyway, we could get past that. The thing that I can't get past, however, is... Hmm, so, Bella gives birth, right? Yeah. She gives birth and Jacob... <clears throat> the werewolf guy, apparently he imprints onto the baby or he just, something happens where essentially he's now romantically attracted to the baby and is waiting for the baby to grow up to an appropriate age where they can then start dating. Now, I think that's where you draw the line. <laughs> Who thinks of that? Who on earth writes that down on a script and thinks, yeah, this is normal. People are gonna, yeah, this is fine. No, it's... <laughs> What? How is this even, like, and apparently as well, Fifty Shades Grey was Twilight fan fiction, and even Fifty Shades Grey is absolutely horrifying, so I'm not even surprised what on earth is going on. And the romance within Twilight is the cringiest thing that I have ever seen. I mean, I wouldn't put myself to be as a good writer, or maybe even, like, an amazing scriptwriter. However, they definitely could have done a lot better on the whole, like, romance side of things. For something that's supposed to be very romance-heavy, the romance was cringe. And might I say as well, 
Edward and Jacob, they're very emotionally manipulative when you start getting into it. You know, when Bella's disagreeing with them, or if Bella wants to do something that she wants to do, they turn around like, mm, okay, I'm going to kill myself then. How about that? Well, I'm sure Edward went on this massive thing where he was like, you know what, if I wasn't with you, I would kill myself. And then that puts a lot of pressure on her. So emotionally manipulative, do not agree. So yeah, there are many flaws within Twilight. And this is probably why I'm actually grateful that I didn't invest any time watching all the movies because, I mean, I, I, I really do think I'd need some sort of therapy or just maybe at least a week's worth of therapy just to get it off my chest and just to express the horror that I've just had, uh, just witnessed. Because from the sounds of it, it is quite the horrific experience. And again, the only part where it's like, oh, wow, it's actually got good for once turns out to be a vision. It's, it doesn't actually happen. And yes, I'm talking about the fight scene at the end where it's just mass casualties, mass murders, all these characters that people have somehow managed to love and like just get absolutely massacred. And yet it is all a vision. And like, oh, okay, 0121, Uno reverse card, let's go. Apparently someone like the bad guys were like really hyped, but then they were killed off immediately. So it's like that, that build up there, just useless. It was pointless. So yeah, that's my two cents on Twilight. <laughs> Uh, I do promise that um, when I had this conversation with Tegan, it was a lot more in-depth, iconic, and we, we did explore lots of different points, but fortunately you can't hear that. As you all also know as well, I've also been playing a lot of the recent Pokemon Arceus. Now, I've spent like weeks and hours, I think I've spent like 38 hours playing Pokemon Arceus now. Uh, Tegan's like way far ahead. I'm still like really far behind because I get too invested with like the side quests and stuff and you know I'm taking my time and now it's got to the point where my Pokemon are just way too overpowered so when I come across like a story mission I just one shot pretty much someone's entire team which is great. However uh, a lot of people have mentioned that Pokemon Arceus the graphics are really really bad and it's not a great game. Now I 100% I agree the game looks like absolute ass. okay. They could have done better graphics-wise. I know that the Switch isn't lacking in the graphics department because some of the games that you can play on the Switch now, it's pretty much like, whoa, okay, this is impressive what the Switch can do. So there's no excuse on that side. However, what Pokemon Arceus does correctly is it actually has some like really good game mechanics. And then it brings up the question, do good game mechanics make a game good and not the graphics? And my thing is, yes. If the game plays how it should be played, and the game has like really cool mechanics that you can get your head behind, then the graphics shouldn't matter that much. Yeah, you know, okay, right, we're in, what, 2021, the graphics should be amazing, and it, sh it should be like crystal clear and whatnot. But in terms of Pokemon games progressing, this is like so close to being what we've always wanted, or, you know, what the fans have always wanted. Again, I I just joined, or I was just interested in it when I was playing um, Pokemon Sword and Shield, so... <laughs> Not much of a fan, um, although I am planning on going back to all the previous games, just not had the chance. But from what I've heard, it's pretty much what everybody's been waiting for, and, you know, it's an open exploration world of Pokemon. It introduces, like, loads of amazing mechanics as well that just make the game run much smoother, and I'd say we are very close to get in the perfect game. And the graphics shouldn't be that much an issue. The people who are complaining about the graphics, and the people who are complaining as well about the Hisuian Pokemon versions, like, they just get a grip. Alright, get a grip. The game plays well. Deal with it. Another thing to bring up as well is, um, so I didn't get my project management results last week, which means most likely I'm going to be getting my results this week. And now that it's dawning on me, it's kind of like, oh, okay, 
It's very close to getting there. I was also having a conversation with my manager the other day and we were talking about, you know, the next steps and, you know, me doing like this endpoint assessment that I need to get evidence for. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't started thinking about the endpoint assessment yet or like what topics I'm going to be like basing my endpoint assessment on because if you didn't know the endpoint assessment is basically a portfolio that you create. You have to create like a bunch of evidence showing like, you know, what you've done and you then present that to a panel of like examiners and they like grill you with questions as well. Like, oh, could you just expand on this a bit? Or could you tell us a bit about governance? And, you know, just things like that. So I haven't actually looked into all that stuff yet because I've been, what, focusing on the uh, project management written exam. And I don't know what's going to happen with the endpoint assessment if it turns out that I have failed. Obviously, I don't want to, you know, manifesting that I've passed, but, you know, you have to be prepared for everything. So I am looking at the possibility of, you know, if I have failed, how am I going to balance the endpoint assessment with the project management stuff? Who knows? Who knows? My manager also did send across an email on Friday and was like, okay, right, everybody, could you send across the topics that you've picked for the endpoint assessment? And I was just sat there on Friday going... Um, I don't even know what topics there are for me for me to pick, to be fair. Um, I'm probably going to, and obviously I was going to leave it until the weekend to do, but I've still not been able to decide anything because I've been trying to access the files and the, the, the documents, which will tell me like what the options are, but uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, I think I've already got an idea of what I'm definitely going to be cutting out of my options, and that would be things like, what are the boring things? Resource management? Oh, who can be asked with that? What else as well? See, I was tempted to take out procurement because I'm not in the procurement space. However, I'm not going to lie, in the written exam, procurement was my saving grace, pretty much, because I kind of revised a huge chunk like the night before, as well as risk management. And then what pops up on the exam? Risk management and procurement. I was like, okay, right, yeah, sorted. I'm, I'm great. So, you know, I was thinking of taking up procurement completely, but you, you never know. But I've not thought about it too much yet and I probably should start thinking about it. But yes, my project management exam results, they should be coming this week. However, there is a likely possibility that it might come the week after. The reason why I say it might come because... They say that you'll get your results within eight weeks. Now, the eight weeks ends for me on the Friday. However, it could mean that it comes in eight weeks, which means that that would technically mean then it would be sometime next week because it's after the Friday. You know, if you all get the drift. But I'm hoping that at some point this week because I've also got a meeting with my tutor on Tuesday to discuss my options. I obviously need to send across my options to my project manager. And oh yeah, there's just all of this stuff to like keep on top of and I just need my results back. So I could be like, okay, right, yes, I can put my full effort into the endpoint assessment. Because if not, then if I fail, I'm going to have to try and juggle revising for the written paper as well as the endpoint assessment both at the same time, which again, isn't ideal, but oh well. Oh, I'm also back in the office as well now, three days a week. So I kind of pledged a bit too soon. <laughs> And I kind of shot myself in the foot because, okay, so way back when, weeks and weeks ago, uh, there was, you know, a bit of discussion about coming back into the office because, you know, COVID's ended and everything. So there's, there would have been a point where I was going to be going back into the office. So I had a conversation with my manager about it and she was like, yeah, you know, it'll be really beneficial for you to go back in the office so you can, you know, put yourself in front of the managers, show everybody that, you know, you are working and things and, you know, just get more involved with the team. And I was like, you know what, 100% agree. The government as well also announced that they were no longer encouraging people to work from home anymore. And it was pretty much fair game across the board. So I was thinking 
that people were going to be going back into work very frequently. So I went, okay, right, this is my pledge. Because we had to like put pledges in and everything. I said, okay, I will go into the office three days a week. And then when I get my car, which is going to happen early March, end of Feb, around about that time, not not too long left to wait. I think it's about like four, what, four weeks or something around about then. So I said, okay, when I get my car, then I will come into the office uh, five days a week. Um, but I will be coming in three days a week. And, you know, I, I booked my desk for the office. When I went into the office, barely anybody was there. And then the rotor sheet came out of who's booked the desk for what day and such. And the maximum people put was two days. And I went, oh my word, I have been duped. I was like, I'm here three days a week. And the maximum amount someone's put is two days. And it wasn't even a lot of people who put two days as well. It was only a certain few who'd went into the office two days and I was there pledging three. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. So I was then going to be cheeky on that week and I was going to be like, okay, um, I'll, I'll book two weeks off next time, which is the week just gone. So I was planning to book two weeks off and then it got to the afternoon and then the, my line manager, who's way up there, sends an email to pretty much all the team saying that her expectation now is for people to be going in three days a week. So I went, oh, okay, right. Um, (laughs) it's not going to be two days next week. Then I'll, I'll put in three days. And this week's just gone again. Maximum people have done is two days. So pretty much what I've done is I've overpledged. <laughs> I've overpledged, and uh, I- I've also sent across that pledge to to one of my other managers who's collating like all of his sponsors and then like taking that on board and taking it into account. So yeah, I will be in the office three days a week, and then when I get my car, it'll be five days a week, regardless of how many days people come in. So there could be days as well where I'm just going to be by myself. Or maybe not, hopefully not, fingers crossed. Well, actually, there'll be some senior managers there, but in terms of it being a full house, since, you know, the COVID regulations have come down a bit, it's that's probably not going to happen still in a while. And also, I've got cupcakes for tomorrow. Uh, when you're listening to this, it'll be today. So, again, that's a mistake that we always make on the podcast. We're always like, uh, tomorrow, um, this weekend, it's like, oh, no, no, no. We're in a completely different timeline to when you guys are listening to it. So, yeah, I've also bought cupcakes for today, in parenthesis, today. I bought cupcakes for today because pretty much every single time that I've gone into the office, someone has always had food. The first time I went in, somebody had a cake that they shared out and I was like, oh yes, give me that give me that cake. And, you know, I had it with a cup of tea. Brilliant. Perfect. Amazing. The next day, someone came in with Krispy Kreme donuts because it was their birthday and they were sharing like, like Krispy Kreme donuts with everybody and I had, mmm the amount of calories in a Krispy Kreme donut and I had quite a few. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I do not feel great after today. And then, you know, people are bought in biscuits and cupcakes and Percy pigs as well. Might I say the vegan and vegetarian Percy pigs are just really up there. Okay. But yeah, some people have bought Percy pigs. Some people bought biscuits and cakes and chocolates and oh, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, well, no, I didn't think my dad was like, you know what? You might as well just send in some cupcakes. And I was like, okay, right, fine. Uh, so I'm bringing cupcakes in and my concern is that when I go in hardly anyone will be there because the rotor that was sent out on Friday has had to be delayed and I do know that Monday isn't a popular day uh, and what I'm doing at the moment is I'm cycling through my three days that I've pledged I'm cycling uh, by cycling I don't mean on a bike I mean I'm working different days but still three days a week if you know what I mean so last week I worked on a Tuesday Wednesday Thursday this week I'm going to be working on a Monday Thursday and Friday the week after is going to be Monday and Tuesday and then I'm off on annual leave so whoa peace out that's gonna be great it's only a three-day annual leave 
but it's connected to the weekend. So technically I've got five days off from work, which is just what I need. And I've also got a week off the month after and then a week off the month after that because it's nearing the end of my holiday term because my holidays refresh on my birthday. So I pretty much need to use up on my holidays until then. And I managed to spread it across like each month. So I pretty much have a week off every month apart from this month where I've got half a week off, but it's still about five days if you count count the weekends as well. So yeah, th- uh, this week is going to be Monday, Thursday and Friday. And pretty much I'm cycling through these days so that I can also pick up the Mondays and Fridays, which are the most unpopular days. And that's just to show, hey, I am dedicated. I am going to be coming in on days that people don't want to go coming on. So my fear is that I'm going to walk in with like all these cupcakes and then barely anyone's going to be there. So that's uh, that's going to be something that we're going to have to look out for. Anyway, now that I've ambled on for a bit longer than I should have done, or to be fair, when I've edited it, it's probably still going to be like really short anyway. So now I'm going to try to salvage some of the in what world section. So I'm going to pretty much add in the news topics that I picked. We're probably not going to have a long discussion about it because, again, Tegan's audio cut off and all of that iconic conversation. was. It's annoying as well because I even had a space one. We had a space one in, I don't know how long... And Tegan wasn't there. Oh, well, no, she was there, but you're just not going to be able to hear her rant about space again. Fortunately, again, the more that I think about the episode that's now gone, the more depressed I get. So, again, very sorry about this. And once I've edited this, it's probably going to be a really short episode, but it's better than nothing. Pretty much, here is the In What World. There's probably not going to be any songs in it, either, because genuinely, I am racing against the clock right now. I am looking at the time. I've not got much time left. And I don't mean in death. I mean in the day. So, oh. Here's the In What World section that's not the same as it should be. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This week's top stories, a new type of star has been discovered. Marks and Spencer and Aldi call a truce with the calling the caterpillar cake. And pillow fighting could be the next great combat sport. I'm Leon and this is In What World? So our first story today, a star releasing huge bursts of energy may be the first of its kind ever discovered. So scientists have detected what appears to be an incredibly dense star behaving like pretty much no other star that we've ever seen before and it's expected that it might be a type of exotic astrophysical object whose existence has until now been only hypothesized holy crap that was a mouthful and a half the star was spotted using the murchison widefield array telescope in outback western australia that was quite decent to be fair and the star unleashed a huge burst of energy roughly three times per hour when viewed from earth during two months in 2018 that's what the researchers have said it may be the first known example of what is called an ultra long magnetar which is a variety of neutron star where the compact 
collapsed core of a massive star has exploded as a supernova and it is highly magnetized. I mean, that is a lot of a lot of words to take in, but pretty much we found a new type of star. What would you what would you know? We thought we knew all the stars, but no, we just keep on discovering more. However, again, I still believe that I mean it's great knowing that this other star exists and all, but like what's the point? It's millions of miles away. This is why we need to pump more research into our own Earth and into ocean exploration, please, and thank you. Anyway, in other news. So any avid podcast listener fans will know that at some point within the podcast, we have discussed the Colin the Caterpillar and the Cuthbert the Caterpillar feud between Marks and Spencers and Aldi. Okay, at the time, we were team Cuthbert for obvious reasons. Ellie had Colin the Caterpillar for her birthday, which... <laughs> Uh, I expected better from her, to be fair. And as a host of the podcast as well. Unbelievable. But anyway, that was a discussion that we had. Uh, it was a whole thing. It was a whole palaver. Twitter was popping off. But I'm happy to announce that Marks and Spencer and Aldi have called a truce in the Colin the Caterpillar cake war. But yeah, no, I, I just wanted to report that to our podcast listeners because, you know, we were invested. Honestly, I thought it ended way sooner than this. But I guess I was... Uh, oh, pardon me. I guess I was wrong. But anyway, our final news story for this week. Pillow fighting could be the next great combat sport. And this isn't even a joke. So someone called Steve Williams, who is a serial entrepreneur with a very niche dossier from third party cell phone roaming services to airport crash phones. Williams has a gift for marrying usefulness with novelty. So at the moment, he's framing the PFC, which I think is the pillow fighting something. It's the equivalent of the UFC, but for pillow fighting, as the largest mixed martial arts organization in the world. Pretty much, Steve Williams is going to be putting in a lot of like, you know, advertising methods, business methods in order to make the pillow fighting PFC greater than UFC. And, you know, some people are actually on board with this idea because obviously in the UFC, a lot of people might not want to sell for as long as they should because there's a very serious chance that you will get physically injured or you could get permanently injured. So people kind of like come in and out of it. Whereas the pillow fighting thing, you know, people won't get as injured and anybody is able to um, able to enter and, you know, be a PFC champion, I guess. But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on in that field. Steve Williams, serial entrepreneur, is trying to make pillow fighting the next, or not the next, but bigger than the UFC. So in a few years time, it might not be, oh, did you see the boxing match yesterday? It might be, oh, did you see the pillow fighting match yesterday? Again, I think it's a very ambitious goal, but could be interesting. Anyway, that pretty much wraps it up for this week. Again, I am very sorry that we have lost the episode that we did record on a Saturday, but I do hope that you've enjoyed this little mini episode instead. And Ellie did say that she will be back next week. She'll be back for three weeks. So next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, not jinxing anything, touch wood, all of that stuff. Hopefully everything goes back to normal. Okay. So, but anyway, if you enjoyed what I had to say, you can support us on patreon uh, you could also follow us on twitter our twitter links are in the podcast bio and the episode bio you can also give us a rating and a comment it really helps out a lot but yes thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you all next week good bye oh my god my dad's just my dad just sent me a message and it talks about something and he's put he's put okay look you he's put stop sorry on your podcast <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>